and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithlift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hi, um, this is Terry. Before we get started, I'd like to use one of our mercy minutes, if that's okay with you guys. Uh, yeah. Sure. Okay. I think we came down a little too hard on Rosemary the last time we met. Um, at our last taping, Rosemary asked the question, what is one food that you could not live without? And Rosemary said soup, and we all got into an uproar <laughs> about it. And uh, I'm like, that's not a food, it's all the food, blah, blah, blah. So I've been thinking about my response, and it was wrong. Oh, <laughs> My response was cheese, right? Mm-hmm. So, but there are a thousand different types of cheese, and they come in all different forms: big chunks of cheese, shredded cheese, melted cheese, cheese spread, cottage cheese, Cheesy cream crackers. cheese, you know, etc. <laughs> Suzanne said ice cream, and there are thousands of types of ice cream used yes. in a million different yeah. ways: ice cream sundaes, ice cream sandwiches, shakes, malls. Malts, banana splits, ice cream bars, you know, chocolate, <laughs> vanilla, strawberry, chunky monkey. It goes on and on. Angie said chocolate. Well, there are so many different That's kinds true. of chocolate. Milk chocolate, dark chocolate, white chocolate, chocolate chips, chocolate milk, chocolate <laughs> ice cream topping, and on and on it goes. And I'm sure if we let all that melt, the ice cream and the chocolate, it would be a soup. Ooh, it is. That's true. So... I think soup is a perfectly perfect answer. Soup in itself is a category of food. (laughs) Chicken noodle, French onion, broccoli cheddar, (laughs) potato, bean with ham, pea soup, vegetable soup, and my favorite soup, Wisconsin cheese soup. Here you go. (laughs) So, Rosemary, I beg mercy and ask you to forgive me from the bottom of my heart. (laughs) Oh, 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 why did you just do that heart thing there? (laughs) <laughs> I, well, I was going to say bottom of my bowels, but we haven't, we right. haven't done that one yet. But maybe we can explain just slightly what happens with that when we're talking about the heart. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, Mercy, my goodness, that's so fun. <laughs> I spent a lot of time thinking about soup because then I could get everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to cheat the system a bit there. I that's thought maybe right. that was like a little rebellion. It took um, a little thinking to get there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So thanks, Terry. That was so funny. That was sweet. Yes. We, we should probably just kind of, well, maybe we'll release it in the future podcast, How We Came to Bless Your Bowels. <laughs> no, we need to chat it real quick. <laughs> so we were talking at a time, we were back in Second Corinthians, I think, and they were talking about how it's with all of your heart. Mm-hmm. And Terry, what were you saying, Terry, after that? I was saying that um, in the original Greek uh, it was actually with it, all your bowels, because your bowels are your deepest, innermost parts, and um, that to them was their whole being. And so they didn't translate very well. <laughs> Especially when we moved it into the Southern, like, bless your heart. Right. We decided we're going to do a, a different thing and say, bless, bless your, your bowels. bowels. So. Faithless yeah. sisters, let's just bless everybody's bowels when we see each other, <laughs> and they'll know what we're talking about. And Rosemary gave us homework that before we met next time, we had to say, bless your bowels to somebody. <laughs> so I did, and you did. I, just, I just said it to my uh, daughter, so oh. that was okay. <laughs> What'd she say? She just laughed. Oh, got she it. She just laughed. Yeah, oh, very cute. Yeah, I started oh, it telling fun. it to people, and they're like, oh. 
What no. is it? <laughs> <laughs> did you guys do it? Um, no, I don't think I did that. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I did it either. Right. Oh, you sweeties. That, You're too sweet women. We're at Angie's house, and her husband Dan is upstairs. We will say, as we're leaving the house, there we you say, go. bless your bowels. And <laughs> yes. we will not explain it. No. We're just going to walk right out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, thank you, Terry. That was so sweet. Yeah, and um, we're going to start setting the scene. So one of the things that happened in the last episode, we were in Nehemiah 3, remember, with all those names, and as we walked around the wall, and we could have gotten the impression that perhaps the wall was finished, easy peasy, lemon squeezy, we're all set. Mm-hmm. Chapter 3, done. <laughs> but that's not exactly um, what happened. A lot of things happened, very important things happened along the way. And so at this point... The wall is maybe halfway built. They mm-hmm. talk about it in this particular chapter that it is halfway built. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then they talk about all the obstacles that came in with that on the way. So one of the things that um, happened... Oh, uh, Terry, how about if you read the scripture? Sure. That'll make this so much easier. <laughs> okay. I'm going to read um, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1 through 9. And I'm reading from the NIV. When Sambalat heard that they were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are those feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What they are building, even a fox climbing up on it would break down their wall of stones. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders." So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. So, a lot is going on besides the building. One of the things that are happening are all those threats that are coming, Mm -hmm. and we wanted to kind of address those. Angie, you had a really good point about the truth. Well, um, there was certainly a lot of opposition. You know, anytime that God is doing something, um, the enemy is going to do his best to counteract it, to work against it. Um, So... Yeah, so in each of these insults, or in each of the things that they threw, what Angie was talking about is that there's this little tiny bit of truth in mm-hmm. every lie oh, that's thrown our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And the enemy does that to us, too. So think about some of the things that, um, that were being said. You know, Sam Ballot said that, you know, they're not strong enough for this job. Mm. Um, another thing was against their faith. Um, you know, do they really think they're going to be able to make sacrifices again? Um, he doubted that they could actually finish the job. Uh, he tried to discourage them that the, the rubble was too great, that the limestone had already been burned and you can't use burned limestone. It's not a good building material. So those 
things that he said, those complaints were true, mm-hmm. but God had other plans. So just because something is true doesn't mean that God can't come over that truth if we have the faith um, and we are trusting in Him. So I think that that was a good example for us when the enemy's coming against us and he's saying, well, you know, you're not really very good at that. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I'm not. That may be true. But I don't have to sit in that because God says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So yeah, maybe I'm not very good at it, but God is. Right. And so if I lean on Him, I'm going to be able to do those things that He's called me to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So they were they were pretty feeble. All of that was possibly true in there. Another one of those that you were talking about is the rubble. There was there was too much rubble in the way. Mm-hmm. So I keep looking at at the building the wall is our identity in Christ, how we create that for ourselves. And that's where I keep seeing the scripture. And I started thinking about the rubble, having too much rubble in the way. And I was like, as we're a people that start to become Christian, as we start to believe that God can't handle this, if we leave all that rubble there, and we don't clear it according to the way God wants it cleared, we can't build a strong wall. That's awesome. It'll slide. Yeah, yeah it, but but it, it's like yeah, that's that's true. So you have to pay attention to that rubble. You have to notice what's going on. We all have rubble. Um, even if we were Christians, like you were, Angie, from the beginning when you were little, we still all have rubble in our life, mm-hmm. and we need to clear that according to the way God wants it used, and place it where He wants it because He might use it again, but it needs to be out of the way and in His hands where He is. Oh, that's so, great. Yeah, yeah. I do think that. Yeah, just because you were brought up in a Christian home, and I'm so grateful for that, mm-hmm. then every mistake I made, I made as a Christian. And so then that's a whole other level of baggage that I've had to deal with um, because I put that against my faith. Okay, I made that decision. Where was my faith in that decision? I didn't follow my faith. I followed myself, my own ideas, my own thoughts. And so then, you know, I would struggle with guilt over that. Well, you know, I thought I was such a good Christian or such a strong Christian. I really love Jesus. How could I make a decision like that and go against everything that I know to be true? So, yeah, it, it, it has its own baggage. But, but that's what the Israelites did. That's how the rubble got there. Yeah. They followed their own thoughts, mm-hmm. their own ideas. So that's how it got there in the first place. That's how we get baggage in our lives, too. Right. When we're depending on our own wisdom and not the wisdom of God. Mm-hmm. So Nehemiah here, he was, um, he was paying attention to God, always going back to God, always mm-hmm. first thing. Um, well, his constant response as he's been going through, as we've gone through this whole chapter, um, or this, this whole book so far is, but God, but, but God, God, but yeah. God. By the mighty hand, but the gracious hand, yeah. but God, but God, but God. So he sees that all of these things are out there. And he sees that there is opposition, and he hears it, and he sees that um, there's a lot that they're going to have to deal with. But over and over and over again, he turns to prayer, and he turns to God. Mm-hmm. And as he's leading, he's saying, but God, hey, remember... Remember That's what right. God has done for us. Remember what God has, has told us. Remember what God has shown us. So over and over and over again. One of the things we talked about last week was 
you know, Nehemiah had a good balance of what he, that he would pray, but then you would realize that he had some other part to play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, one of the accusations was, what do they think they're going to pray that wall into existence? Well, yes, but Nehemiah also knew that not only was he going to pray that wall into existence, he was going to recruit the citizens of Jerusalem and have them work in conjunction with that prayer. So that those walls could go up. Right. Mm -hmm. He was going to get busy getting busy. Getting busy. Yeah. You know, and I think um, kind of talking about how there is this truth in this opposition when, you know, the the, um, opposing forces are making fun and teasing and, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're just ruthless. And these things are all very true, but that's, I think, how Satan gets a hold of us. Mm-hmm. Because of the fact that we're human and we are so inclined to go, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, then Satan kind of puts that truth in so that we believe just enough of that truth that he can twist that. And that's where we get into big trouble. You're right. Because he, if he would have said something like, um, oh, and you won't, nobody's going to get snow cones, like the Israelites would have gone, what? Like that doesn't right. even fit. <laughs> right. It doesn't right. even fit. You know? Yeah. There were no stokens to my knowledge. Before. But it's like so it's like they would have went, What? What's he talking about? Yeah. But it, the fact that he was addressing exact things that were going on with them, yeah. that he that that that's the insult that was there. Yeah. Well he yeah. said there's no you're not builders. Right, right. And they weren't. And they, they were weren't. That was true. Smiths and merchants and yeah. uh, perfume makers and mm-hmm. and girls, daughters, yeah. Women. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting when people throw insults at us. Mm-hmm. It's like if someone were to say to us, "Well, you're not builders." It's like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. But that, but we weren't in the process of building a wall. Mm-hmm. If someone were to say to us, "Well, you're not very holy," or "You're not," it might be, "Oh, yeah, that's so true." Mm-hmm. Right. And, or you know, you sometimes. Um, I, I have two kids at home, um, both teenagers. You know, and sometimes this thought pops into my head of like. You are not equipped to do this. You are not good enough. You are not leading well enough. You are not a good enough example. You know, all of these things. And that is straight up Satan. Mm -hmm, I mean, that's just what it is. Um, But none of us are perfect. And I have days, especially um, sometimes weeks, (laughs) where I'm like, don't talk to me. Don't look at me. Like, I cannot handle another emotional anything. anything. Yes. Like, <laughs> I and looked at my husband. you have a teenage daughter. How's that I working for you? I've been there, yeah. Yeah. You know, I looked at my husband one day, and I was like, a woman can only be asked to handle so much emotion in a day. <laughs> he kind of looked at me like, okay. Um, he's probably thinking, what do you think we have to deal with with you? All right. Time, all right. And I will yeah. say our family is full of emotion. We do all the emotions, all the time. We are what has been <laughs> An referred equal to equal opportunity. Yes, emotional group. Yes, we are a spicy family, so we feel all of the feels all of the time, and we're very happy to share them with everyone, <laughs> so, whether they're ready or not, whether they're ready or not, or you know whatever. So you know there are those things that come in where it's like you read a book or you look at Pinterest, and you think. My house is mm. never going to be that clean. I could never mm. have a white couch. My there is no way I could. You know, I can't. I can't. I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And that is a straight up lie. Yeah. And that's just what that is. But it's those little things that you know. 
They yeah. hit you. Or like, you know, like on, on Pinterest, they have like the menus for the month and the, you can do yes. all the shopping. Everything's oh, organized no. in the house cleaning schedule. And it's oh, like, okay. I can't do that. I get overwhelmed reading it. Mm-hmm. Right. right. And so the truth in that could be, yeah, I'm not, that's not going to be for me. I, it, it's not something I have to do. Right. It's yeah. Okay. That's a piece. Yeah. Like we yeah. sometimes get hooked in like, I'll never be that good. I can't do that. I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, well, maybe I'm not made to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's not my thing. Right. There is a scripture that says, you know, agree with your adversary on the way, because once you do that, you disarm him. So when the enemy comes and he says, "Well, you know, you're not a very good mother, or you're not equipped to handle all that," well, in your own strength, maybe you're not, but you're not depending on your own strength. Right. That's right. You've but got the God. Holy Spirit in you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. yeah. And so that that kind of point to me was like, where's your focus? Yeah. You can focus on what everybody's saying about you. You can focus on what the opposition is saying. And you know you'll find truth because it only hits if there's that piece of it truth has in to it. Be, mm-hmm. Yeah. Piece right. And you can live there and not build a wall. Mm-hmm. Or, but God, mm-hmm. you can turn and do his work. One stone at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's important to remember, too. And in a lot of ways, Satan is a big bully, just like Mm -hmm. these other nations are bullying the Jews. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, that's just what it is. is, I mean, essentially, they're just big old bullies. They're not getting in their way. They're going to have a big fit about it. Yeah. And they're going to call names and have fits, and then they're hoping that that's going to discourage enough to bring everybody down. Mm And they have a reason for it. Well, number one, they hate God. Right. And so they automatically hate the Jewish people who are God's people. They also have a lot to lose if the Jews are successful. That's true. Uh, They have a lot to lose. Lands, possibly a lot of power, Mm -hmm. um, homes, vineyards. If the Jews are strong enough to take back what is rightfully theirs, Mm -hmm. these neighboring um, countries. Countries, Mm -hmm. yep. They they stand to lose. So they're they're fighting with all their might to hang on to what they have, no matter how they have to go about it. And we'll see as we go on that the threats get um, bigger and they get tougher and they get more dangerous. You know, a lot of times... And, and this isn't always true across the board, but bullies will tend to come out when they're threatened, when they perceive a threat, whether it's real right. or not. So there's a, a threat right in the middle, mm-hmm. and they're not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so their security was threatened also, mm-hmm. which that then provokes often attacks mm-hmm. and things. And initially, when, remember when we were looking at the attacks, they were lobbing them. They're like going, oh, yeah, you can't pray those walls mm-hmm. up. But they're sitting mm-hmm. back, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they get more aggressive and more aggressive and more aggressive. I was thought it was funny, this um, this really huge um, ridicule here that um, <clears throat> what they are building, even a fox climbing on it, up on it would break their wall of stones. Oh, yeah. I looked up like about foxes. I mean, how... You know, the biggest fox is the red fox, and they can get up to 31 pounds. So, <laughs> and that is a typical fox. They are, um, the, the species is common in Israel. So, they probably were talking about a red fox. It's like okay. even 30, and that's the biggest ones, you know. Right. It, like, this is, this wall is nothing. It'll take nothing. Even if they think they can rebuild it, we can knock it down like 
No big that. deal. Yeah. yeah. Have That's, any of you ever encountered a bully and like done anything? Yeah, I have. How, you, yeah? Yeah. Okay. So I was in seventh grade and we had a guy named Al and he was big and everyone was afraid of him. And he continually, though, picked on a guy named Arnold who was smaller. And I would get so angry, so angry about that. And we worked with a counselor, and what he did is he got us all to connect and group together. So it just took one of us to step out and say it, and I tended to have the smart mouth. (laughs) I had had other encounters with bullies where I'd had a smart mouth, and it was like, (laughs) I don't know, it's that gift. But anyway... Um, we just all made a pact, all of us, that if we saw it, someone was going to stand up and then everybody else would help and come. And so it was like, oh, that's a great plan. Until the moment it happened, we were at eighth grade camp, Al started going at Arnold and I said, no, you can't do that today. And I was so scared. I want you to know, it was so hard to say those words. And he turned, he goes, oh, yeah, like he was really mad. And thankfully, I heard from behind me, yeah, that's not going to happen today, Al. And I was so grateful. (laughs) I can't even tell you how happy I was. Because what we had done is we'd engaged the football players and some of the other guys. So it wasn't just a bunch of girls saying, no, you can't do this. There was some authority on it that I didn't have. and the thing that was kind of funny about it is I think we scared Arnold, too, because he was like, oh, no, is this another kind of bullying or what's going on? Now, I don't know what to do with this. So, But it, I think it worked because we all came together and we all supported each other and communicated and connected. And you had a plan. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You had a plan and you were united. Yes. And you had someone backing you, just like listening to that football player, kind of like God. He's yeah, like, no, no, right. I have a plan. That's right. And we're going to we're gonna gonna see this you. through. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, but if we were d- going to do trash talking on the wall, how about when you had that bullying experience, Suzanne? Oh my gosh. I was probably, I don't know, I had to have been fourth or fifth grade maybe. Mm-hmm. And somebody was picking on somebody else and I had just hit the wall and I, I, I was just done. And, um, I don't even remember what they said, but they called this kid a chicken. And I just (laughs) remember turning around and going, oh, yeah? He's not a chicken. You're a turkey. (laughs) That was it. I mean, everybody just stopped. Because, I mean, really, how do you respond to that? Like, well, turkey's a lot bigger than a chicken. You did good. It worked. I know. It worked. It was good. (laughs) That was completely off the cuff. And I remember, like, the, the looks... (laughs) <laughs> on their faces was like what did did yeah. she did she just say turkey like what is happening here whatever it worked it worked yeah. yeah yeah so i wonder if there was any trash talking on the building wall area probably not <laughs> the, you know is the there building or the- yeah it's between the jews and the others it's like <laughs> a fox, no, a gorilla, not a gorilla, an <laughs> elephant. There, I don't know if there were gorillas in Israel. We're gonna lions, just say no. Maybe lions. Yeah, maybe lions. Lions, maybe some camels. Yes. How about that? I'm sure there yes. were camels. I'm sure, but sometimes it's like when someone's mean, I'll trash talk to them in my own head. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Never even speak it out, right? So it's right. like I just said, oh yeah, camels can go along here. I'm so glad to know I'm not the only one who does things like that. Yeah, but the problem with that is when I do that kind of trash talking or I do that kind of, I'm in it with them. 
I'm not, my focus yeah. isn't on God. Right. right. So right. It, it, while it feels good for the moment, I can't live there very long. I have to take it and turn it and change my focus to where it needs to be. God, I need to, I love that you acknowledge the truth. Like, yeah, probably not going to pray it out. We're going to probably have to build it, you yeah. know, <laughs> as I think about this and then just go to God, you know, like acknowledge that that's going on. Do you think, I mean, obviously Nehemiah was a man and he was a man after God's heart um, and who was deeply invested in building this wall and, mm-hmm. and repairing and rebuilding and deeply invested with his relationship with God. But do you think as a man, sometimes he was like, man, they're right. They're right. I mean, we're jewelers and perfume makers and dressmakers and, you know, a bunch of women and daughters. And please do not get me wrong. There are wonderful, amazing things that women and daughters do every single day and can do whatever it is that they put their mind to do. But culturally in that time, that's not what it was like. Mm -hmm. So do you think Nehemiah, and this is just conjecture on our part, do you think Nehemiah did ever go, yikes, maybe? Yeah, I don't think he would have been human if he hadn't had some of those feelings and those thoughts. Yeah, don't we all, no matter how sure you are that God has called you to do something, um, I think doubt is a very real thing that plagues us sometimes. The enemy's always after us because if he can derail God's plan in our life, then he's won. So I, I think it's it's kind of human nature, and then I think the enemy comes in behind it, and we do have doubts about things. Well, I I think you know the the prayers that we read about obviously are not his only prayers, and I well, think he's true. probably crying yeah. out to the Lord. Yeah, hell, constantly. <laughs> I would be, yeah. even though he knows it's God's plan, he does have to work with people, yes. you know, who have their doubts and insecurities that these guys are, are preying upon. And um, I think he he just had to be in constant prayer. I agree, yeah. I know, I might have thought, like, the jewelry maker, Goldsmith, okay, <laughs> it's going to be a pretty wall. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how strong it's going to be. You're like, God, really? This is the game? This is what we're doing? Yeah. And, yeah. and then, God, then it's like very clearly on God. Because there's no way, Nehemiah, there's no way they could have done that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing that really cracks me up about this, is obviously it got under his skin a little bit, and he's, um, as I read this, like I assume that he's a little bit ticked, because in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity, and do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. I mean, that's not a, okay, God, forgive their sins and help <laughs> them to them. see, right, yeah. bless them, help them to, help them to see their, their the error in their ways. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, yeah? Yeah. There's the trash talk. No, I'm covering <laughs> your glue. <laughs> right. you yeah. know? That is that's exactly right. what I thought of. That's, mm-hmm. I, I mean, obviously it got that's under funny. his skin a little bit, but I love the fact that he's like angry praying, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right. So there were a couple verses, um, um, if you're digging deeper about that prayer in particular, on how he is. He's saying, you know, the things that have happened to us, let it happen to them. And they think they're so much above us. They think that we're nothing. Let the things that have fallen on us fall upon them. And so, like you said, it's kind of like that angry praying. And so they, um, in the homework, it kind of sent us to a couple of psalms to see how... 
um, David may have prayed about it, and his prayers are so much different, like from Psalm 123, and he says, have mercy on us, Lord, have mercy on us. We have endured much contempt. So there's a little bit different take on it. Um, I kind of like this angry one. (laughs) That would be more like me. Um, And then another one in Psalm 74 is like, don't forget us, Lord. Keep your covenant. Don't let the oppressed retreat in disgrace. Rise up and defend us. Um, Don't let them get away with their clamor and uproar. So he comes a little, at that point, a little bit closer to, yeah, don't let them get away with it. You know, they need to get paid back. Well, or, or justice. God is a God of justice. justice. That's right. Yeah. And he'll hold that. We want him to be a God of justice as long as it's not towards mm-hmm. us. Right. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Well, I loved it because even though we know that we're supposed to turn the other cheek and bless those that curse us, I love the fact that Nehemiah is not afraid to just say, pray what he thinks. Mm-hmm. So he's right out there with God. I really would like you, God, to give them back what they're trying to give us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love that. That's an honest relationship. Because, yeah, I do. Sometimes I'll pray that God will bless my enemies just because I feel like that's the obedient thing and I better do it. Um, but that's not exactly what's going on in my mind and in my heart at the time. I do it as an act of obedience. But, boy, I would sure like to pray like Nehemiah. So sometimes I've had those prayers where I'm like, you know, Lord, I really, you know what I think about this? I think X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. But, okay, your word says, bless those that use me, bless those that curse me. So, okay, Father, let's bless them. You bless them. But I'm not really thinking that. Do you ever add according to your will? Yeah. Ah! Like, (laughs) this is how I feel, but whatever you want. (laughs) But but the good thing about that is that when we do that, we're changing the game. Mm -hmm. So the game initially is they're throwing insults on the wall, right? Right. And if we engage that game, that's a game right there, right? But if we take it and we give it to God and we say, according to your justice, I don't have to play this insult game anymore. This isn't where I need to put my attention, Lord. I'm saying you have this all under control. Whether you bless them a lot or a little, it's not up to me. What I'm saying to you is out of obedience, I'm not hanging on to that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to turn and do your work and right. keep my focus in the place it needs to be. So yeah, keep that's your really eyes on helpful. Jesus and not on what's going on. Yeah. And you and, know, here's the thing that I think a lot of people are unsure of is God is a big God. Mm-hmm. And he is a big boy. And he knows what you're thinking anyway. anyway mm-hmm. yeah. So just say it. Like, God, <laughs> this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't want it, and I don't like it, mm-hmm. and I don't like these people, and I don't like this situation, mm-hmm. and I don't like whatever it happens to be, and I just don't like it. And that's okay for you to and say that that's to okay him. for you to say. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't even tell you the number of times. And it took me a long time to get to this point where I've just been like, God, I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. You can't make me. <laughs> mm, careful. Suzanne. Careful. <laughs> but the mighty hand of but God. The mighty hand of God. <laughs> you know, like really though, it, I mean, we all have those times and it's yeah. like, you can't make me and I don't want to. Mm-hmm. And then pretty soon that weight just comes and mm-hmm. sits and it's like, okay, I'm going to, right. but I still don't like it. I still don't like it. Yeah. There you go. But yeah. you know what? Yeah. Um, I have heard so many people say, you know, well, if you're only doing it out of obedience, it doesn't 
it doesn't count. It's not um, building your faith. It's not. I'm like so. Oh no, I disagree with that a hundred percent. God says in somewhere in here that to obey sometimes is better than sacrifice. He wants right. us to obey, and a lot of times, um, you know, saying no, I don't like it, and I don't want to do it, but I know you want me to. I know mm-hmm. you're telling me to, and I'm going to. But if I have a change of heart, it's only going to be be by your doing, because this is not what I want to do. But out of obedience, because I know it's what you want, I will do it. And, it's, and sometimes then the willingness follows. I think that happens a lot. I think mm-hmm. once we submit to that obedience, then our hearts, God can change our hearts. Mm-hmm. And God puts so many things in front of us that we don't know the reasoning, and we don't know the purpose of it. I mean, look at this. Surely some of these folks are like, really, God? Like, this is who you have us going up against? Mm-hmm. And you have this big plan for us, but I don't see how we're going to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I think about when my kids were little, you would say, you have to cross the street at the crosswalk. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to cross the street at the crosswalk because they mm-hmm. didn't want to take the extra 15 steps to get to the crosswalk. But out of obedience, they did it. Mm-hmm. And now, especially since they're driving, they're going, I'm glad to be at a crosswalk or glad to have people at a crosswalk. And mm-hmm. so you see the purpose behind it. And sometimes you do have to do it just because mm-hmm. God says so. Yep. Yeah. And he'll reveal that purpose. That was a good analogy. I really yeah, like that was Thank really good. You. you get stars from here, Yay. from the Faithless Sisters. Good job, Suzanne. <laughs> Wait, I wonder if we have to go out something other than stars. I don't know. Oh my God, we'll think it through. Okay. Yeah, I, I want jewels. I need more jewels. More jewels. Oh, more jewels. jewels. Okay. There yeah. you go. I'll take they anything. Can, you know, they can be fake. Just stick sparkly. on one. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> Just don't give me glitter. There you oh. go. Oh, we were on that too. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> glitter, I don't do a, glitter. A glitter opposer. I don't do glitter. You know, when I was studying through some of this, one of the things that I read was that if we'll keep our eyes focused on God, that we're less apt to grow weary. You know, there's a lot of scripture about growing weary and doing good and and don't grow weary. Um, I think if we're focused on circumstances, that contributes to weariness. I think that when we keep refocusing on God, when we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, we are less apt to grow weary in whatever it is that we're doing. That's a good point. And I think Nehemiah responded. He had the correct focus on God, but he was also very pragmatic about building this wall. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so he did it in um I'm not sure a way to say both kingdoms. Well, this kingdom here where he's is physical and in mm-hmm. front of us, mm-hmm. and then his spiritual, and the kingdom, spiritual and kingdom. He operated in both. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's true for us too. Not only do we first go to the spiritual, we first know that we are citizens of his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then how does that walk out in our daily mm-hmm. life here? How, yep. What does that practically look like as we walk through life? I think that's Good an point. excellent idea yeah. that you have to keep before you that we are citizens of a heavenly kingdom um, and that there are different kingdoms. There's a spiritual kingdom. There's a physical kingdom. Um, and, and we exist in both Mm-hmm. As Christians, right. you know, we are attached to the kingdom of God. We're part of the kingdom of God. Um, but we also live on this earth. And so we're kind of attached and subject to some of the things that can happen here as well. You know, that's one of the things um, that Nehemiah realized is that when these other countries were mocking them and ridiculing them, that they were actually ridiculing and mocking what God had called them to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things. Um, 
I think one of the reasons that he was able to pray so boldly is because of the fact that it wasn't just on them, but it was the fact that they were mocking God, yep. mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. is what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And that he, he was aware that he was living in those two kingdoms, that he's doing the work of the heavenly kingdom on this earthly kingdom. That's just interesting as you're saying that. I'm thinking, and so I wonder, that could impact his call for justice. Like, how dare you say that about God? How right. dare you do this? Mm-hmm. They had some of the indignation in it and anger. Well, remember Curious. David with Goliath and yep. the Philistines. Yes. Everything was about, hey, you're not going to badmouth our God. Yep. Our God is God. And so, yeah, none of David's stuff against Goliath was personal. It was all about what, what the Philistines were saying about God. Right. Yeah. So he had a pretty clear picture of who, you know, who they, 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 Israel wasn't really just the enemy of the Philistines. God was the enemy of the Philistines. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Let's bring in scripture. That was really good. <laughs> oh, Bible studies get tricky sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, even when you think it, like the indignation that David had around that, like, how dare you? How dare you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We will have victory today, and I, little shepherd boy, with my sling and my stone, I'm going to take you down, and be- all the nations yeah. will know that there's a God a in God Israel. In Israel. Right. And everyone yeah. started singing, we will, we will <laughs> rock, rock you. you. Sorry. Sorry about everybody listening. <laughs> That's where the song came from, I'm sure. He literally did. I'm rock. rocking. Yeah. That's what yes, I mean. Yes. Like, there you go. <laughs> Oh, weird. Um, Fun little side note there. We're too nerdy. Um, Anyway, (laughs) I think we're about out of time for today. Um, Does anybody have anything that really kind of struck them about this passage that we didn't touch on? I just um, want to recognize the growing opposition. You know, you start off with Sam Ballot, the Horonite, Tobiah, the Ammonite official, and Geshem, the Arab. Now... The next step is Sam Ballot, his associates, and the army of Samaria. Then, by verse 7 in chapter 4, it's Sam Ballot, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the men of Ashdod, the army of Samaria. Their opposition is growing, 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 leaps and bounds. And at this point, I think... Did we talk about um, last time? They're surrounded on all sides sides. now. And... um, I I would be a little disturbed. <laughs> I would be nervous. I would be scared, you know, because it's like the odds are stacked against them. And then comes that saying that we've been kind of dwelling on, but God. But God has other plans. It doesn't matter if you're surrounded, if your circumstances feel like they're really surrounding you and there's no way out of it or whatever. Yeah, God can is there in your circumstances. And if you let him... Rosemary. No, I was just thinking, and you know what? They'd been there. They had been there. Mm-hmm. It's when the Israelites took a step towards God in his purpose and started building that wall. That's when everything started. As the wall gets bigger, the opposition really starts happening. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's sometimes how it is in life, too. Right. You know, um, we, we move toward God and we move toward what he has for us, and that opposition grows and mm-hmm. presents itself. 
But God, and that doesn't minimalize any circumstances. Like these circumstances oh, real. are real. Yeah, and they they're are hard real. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes you just have to really lean in and just say, "Okay, God, you've got to do it." Yeah. Show me your mighty hand. Show me your gracious mm-hmm. hand. It's kind of what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody want to pray for us? I'll pray. Dear God, we just come before you, Lord. So grateful for who you are, Lord. So grateful for your word. God, we ask your blessing on everyone who's listening to this, Lord, that they really begin to get that sense of who they are, their identity, and that they can stand in in um, in opposition when there's opposition to what their plans are, when their focus is on you, God, that you're the one who strengthens them, Lord. You're the one who completes the job for them, Lord. They're just someone who's there pragmatically walking this out, God. And so we just ask your blessing on everyone who's listening, Lord, um, that they can see this and they start moving out in their own life and they use you and they use your word, Lord, to accomplish your goals. We just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>